Mindfuck, the official podcast of Status Flow, where we are getting your mind unfucked, unstuck, so you can achieve your impossible goals. Go to statusflow.net and find out all the ways in which you can achieve your moonshot. We have our exclusive moonshot group cohorts. We have one-on-one coaching, team engagements. Statusflow.net is where you get all the information. Or you could apply to be on Mindfuck and have a transformative experience in a matter of minutes. Today, we're going to learn all about Jamie. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. It's so nice to see you. Always good to see you, Chris. So what are we doing today? We are going to talk about something that I have kept very quiet, especially in my business life. Um, As a business owner, I I didn't want anyone to know about this. So this is an unveiling of something that I have struggled with now um, for over three years, and I'm through most of it, but I think it's still something worth talking about. Okay. December of 2019, I was in a car accident not a terrible one in my opinion, but I um, ended up with a traumatic brain injury. It didn't even realize I had a concussion for a few weeks um, until some signs started showing up. And um, because of that, I had to go through a lot of treatments. Um, I had quite a bit of memory loss and not, you know, like I don't remember the two weeks after the the accident. And when you're going through that, you don't realize it. Um, and then go ongoing. Um, I, I really struggled with being able to remember conversations. Um, I also had to quit working pretty much for four or five months. And as a business owner, that's extremely hard to do when that's your income. Um, but I had to learn how to let my body heal. And then coming out of that, I also now struggle with um, chronic migraines. So let's talk about all that. Okay. Well, where would you like to start now there? Cause there's a lot of physiology here. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you like to get out of this conversation? What would make this valuable for you? Yeah. Um, I think getting rid of any remaining issues or thoughts that I've had or shame, um, about, having, having my brain not work like it should. Got it. Okay. So when you say your brain not working, like the memory loss, the headaches, things like that. Yeah. And, and even, you know, I've had to, um, you know, this renegotiate my entire existence. I cannot work like I did as an executive before that accident. Um, so, you know, I, I can't push my body. I cannot work 60 hour weeks. I don't want to anymore either, but getting to that point of accepting that I couldn't, I couldn't work at the same speed and pace was pretty difficult. How long were you working at that pace? Probably 20 years. Oh, wow. I mean, that was, I, you know, and, and for work for me, I include um, reading business books, you know, just being on, I think right. is the way to put it. Yeah. Got it. A couple of questions about the accident itself. What was the legal fault distribution? Yeah. The, the lady, I, I was a, stopped at a stoplight and the lady rammed into multiple cars. So okay. it was all her fault. Okay. Let's get a little on the woo side here. Okay. Physical world reality is the last thing that happens in a very long line of events. 
And what I mean by that is if we look through the, the lens of neuroscience, right? Everybody has an operating system in their head. We call it a belief system. It's been running since you were about six years old. You were the architect of that system. So the system generates every thought you have. Your thoughts you experience as feelings. Your feelings then drive your actions. Your actions produce uh, results. And so there's like this thread, the system, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, the results. So the result is the last thing that happens. Now, there is something that I talk about from time to time before the system itself, and it has to do with your energy field. Remember, you are a being, you're you, like, you're, you, yes, you are a carbon-based life form, but we are not, you know, in the words of Yoda, you know, luminous beings we are, not this crude matter pointing at the skin, right? So you're a being of light and energy, and that is where everything starts. So what you're telling me right now, this accident and everything was kind of a, call it your soul, had decided, I'm not going to allow you, your ego, Jamie, to do this anymore. And so we're going to make some changes. So you now cannot. Yes, it, it literally took my head being smacked against something to get the wake up call to change my change how i live right that that's and there's some amazing stories about this you know there's a lot of books on people that have had this kind of thing anita morjani's got a great book dying to be me um in a way like if we take full responsibility yes you were just sitting at a traffic light you didn't do anything and this person crashed into you and screwed up your life and you did do something not your your ego your identification as jamie did not do. Of course, you wouldn't want this. Of course, you wouldn't create this. But your energy, your soul said, yeah, I'm, I do want this because the ego part is not going to stop doing what it's doing unless I make a dramatic impact. And so we'll get to the shame thing. The first thing is you have a real opportunity here. I mean, look, it's not fun. I, I never like transformation is rarely fun. Yeah. Right. And it was pretty dramatic in the way this came about. And now not only you, you are now in, you cannot work the kind of way that you were before. And so now you get an opportunity to learn a whole new way to work, which ultimately is going to make you a much better executive. It's going to make you a much better professional. You're going to get more of you in your life. So yeah, the crash is not a fun way to do it, but this is why we do the kind of work, you know, at status flow that we do like, like let's address this before we get to the crash. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's a lot easier if we could do it beforehand instead of after the fact. So, um, well, and, and you said it, it gives me an opportunity with work. It's, it's an opportunity with life. Mm. It's not just work. So what is your opportunity with life? Well, it's, it's really, it's changed my health in a positive, like coming through it, it has been awful. It's still awful when I get Botox injections and that could be a torture device right there, but um, it's made me slow down. It's made me recognize what I like to do and what I don't like to do. It's given me the ability to say no more. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, I'd been told for 10 years by my psychiatrist to meditate. And it took again, head injury to make me do it. Um, but I, I'm just, a, I think I'm a, the best version of myself. That is a beautiful <laughs> way to frame this. And you're absolutely right. You know, cause when we look through the lens of full responsibility, 
It's like, no, I didn't choose to have a car accident. Yeah, you actually did on a different plane, on a different level. You kind of did. You know, I didn't I didn't choose to be in a in, in a childhood like I grew up. Yes, I absolutely did choose that in through a different lens. Right. That's a really hard concept. It's really hard. People like, you know, my I, I've talked about this before, you know, my father, who actually has no recollection of of my childhood, really through through my framework, my sister's framework. He, he literally doesn't remember it. Did I choose that? Yeah. In if I look at this through uh, through the cosmic kind of spiritual context, and you're in a really beautiful place, we see this with people that have been given, you know, basically a death sentence from the doctor says you have two years to live or something, and all of a sudden their lives come alive, right? Yeah. And so this was a very rude wake up call, um, and and that's exactly what it is. Like, wow, I was so asleep at the wheel, so disconnected from my truth, so not paying attention to my heart's desires, what, what was really true for me and what I wanted that my soul went, okay, I'm tired of waiting for you, Jamie. Boom. Wake up. And I love that you're taking advantage of this opportunity. So you have some great framework about this. It's a very, you have a very expansive and um, abstract viewpoint. And I'm curious as to where the shame is coming from around that. This is a very high level way of looking at this in terms of personal responsibility yeah, you know, as, and, as a creator of your life. And so I'm curious about the shame. Yeah. I, and I think I'm better about it now, but it's me remembering how I used to operate, how, you know, what the, the things I used to be able to do and you know, when I, I mean, Chris, you're an example of this. You'll, you'll say regularly, I don't remember what I said yesterday, you know, um, I don't remember what I said three minutes ago, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but to me saying that was my brain isn't working anymore. And as a, you know, as a consultant, as someone that, um, provides advice for a living, mm. all of a sudden, you know, my most important asset isn't working. Now is it works is not like it used to. And mm. I think that's okay because nobody remembers that other than my family and my husband, that how I used to be. But it still sneaks up every once in a while as a you should be better. You 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 used to be able to do this. You so what you're saying is you should be more like you were before the wreck. Yeah. But I know that's not, you know, it's those old thought patterns that just sneak in. Right. That is old wiring. Um, you know, the, it's kind of basic physiology here. I like I'm not hearing a lot of like you don't have a lot of unknown here. Like there, I'm not hearing anything in the shadows. I'm not seeing any blind spots. You're pretty clear about what's up. I'm wondering if this might be a question of awareness and practice. Right? Oh, I noticed that. I, I just said that thing that I used to say, okay, let's, let's polarize this. Let's say it the way that's more aligned with how I want to show up in the world. And, and ultimately what's truth. Like, let me ask you this. When you say those things, oh, I should be more like the other way, how, whatever the specific, whatever the specific thing is, what is the truth underneath that story? The truth is that life wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Like, can you feel that at, at an energetic level? 
you know it in your head, but do you know that in your body? When I just said it that way out loud, Mm -hmm. that goes to my heart. See, now that's true. Yeah. When you feel it like that, that's, yeah, right. I, yeah, I think another thing is that I feel like I let people down because I can't do things as quickly as they would like. So a perfect example, I, my calendar is sacred to me. Mm-hmm. I can only, only have so many hours and at certain times that I'm going to op- operate at my optimum, le- optimum level. Mm-hmm. And so I don't squeeze meetings in. I don't, um, you know, it takes a couple of weeks to get on my calendar and that's by mm-hmm. design. But when I get messages back, which I routinely do of, wow, you really can't meet me for that, for that long. That's when that triggers me to go back to feeling guilty and wanting, wanting to please and change and, and starts that spiral of, well, I used to, I I did that before. And do you see that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff triggers me? When you say it triggers you, what, what do you mean? It just starts me down old thought patterns. Okay. Where's the shame? Where do you feel it? In my head. Like That's legit great. pressure in my head. Right. Which makes sense with the head injury and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's an unpopular statement. Nobody can shame you. We hear that a lot. You're shaming me. If you're feeling shame, you're feeling shame, but I don't control your feelings. Nobody controls your feelings, right? So understanding where the shame really comes from, when was the first time you felt shame around not doing something that you were told you were supposed to be able to do? Oh gosh, as a as a child. What's the what's the what's the example you remember best? Okay, say the question again. <laughs> yeah. The so earliest time. What, tell me, what's your earliest memory of somebody telling you you should have been able to do something that you couldn't? It probably has to do with music performing. Find a specific, give me, oh. give me, give me an instance. It, it, it. Mm-hmm. It, it's any time that I messed up when I was playing the piano. Nope. Tell me the time that it hit you the deepest. When were you absolutely mortified that you couldn't play the piano? I'm sure it was on a church stage and I messed up. Nope. You're thinking. But I can't. Yeah, I can't. Close your eyes. Sit up for a second. Just kind of, yeah, relax a little bit. Say in your head, I choose to know when. When was it? There it is. Chris, we can't talk about this on air. Okay, let's do it anyway. We're going to cut audio. We're going to get after this and then we're going to come back after. Okay, so we just went through that process. 
and we're going to tie it back together now without divulging anything or identifying anybody that we discussed. When your clients are asking you to drop everything, moves, to, to drop everything, to, to violate your boundaries, what, what, what are they asking you to do? To put their needs above my, my own. Right. And when you say no to that, what are you saying yes to? My needs and, and also making sure that I can give my best to, you know, everyone as I have the time. Right. You're saying, no, I cannot meet with you sooner, even though you would like it, because I'm saying yes to honoring my boundaries. I'm saying yes to my business, my life, my company, my life. Yes. Right. I am protecting my life, my business. I'm protecting the quality of my work product that will not be good if I violate my boundaries and start to resent you for it, right? Because that's very typical, right? I'm honoring my team and what I've told my team. Right. I'm protecting my team from driving them nuts and running them ragged and having them work in a shitty workplace or whatever. Mm -hmm. And protecting my relationship with you, the client. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this is about self-respect. This is about making self-honoring choices. This is about taking care of your team and your business. And if your client can't do that, they probably shouldn't be your client. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at this in a very, this is a very easy to see in a very easy way. You know, you're in your early 20s or something and some guy in a bar wants what he wants, right? Well, when you're saying no to that because it's not what you want, what are you saying yes to? You're saying yes to taking care of your body. Or if it doesn't feel right, you're saying yes to taking care of yourself. You're saying yes to the respect. You're saying yes to honoring your body, like all the things, right? It's very right. easy to see when we look at it through that lens. Right, right. You know, when we talk about consent, it's very easy to talk about consent when we're talking about some kind of sexual engagement. But look, this, this is no different. Can yeah. I violate your boundaries here? Can I have you earlier than the schedule? Uh, no. No. Yeah. And I think it's worth talking about, Chris, that, you know, for so long, having that view, I, I was taught that's selfish, that you should put everybody else first. Well, again, let's run that through the lens of the whole guy in a bar. <laughs> right? Like, how, how easy is this to see when we run it through that lens? Yeah. Right? But the yeah. energetic dynamics yeah. are the same. Yeah. Right. This is about saying, look, I'm going to make it real simple. Okay. Even when it comes to consent uh, in any way, whether it's a business, whether it's a romantic engagement, whether it's having lunch with a parent, if I'm not a fuck yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. If I'm with somebody and there's a romantic involvement unfolding and I'm kind of like, you want to do this? And she's like, uh, okay. That's not a hell yes. Right. So even, you know, now granted, I'm going to have a different sense of awareness, but talking with the clients like, hey, do you want to meet on Thursday? Like, uh, okay, I'll hear it. I'll hear it with clients. You know, when they, well, I'll say, okay, well, how do you know, how does this work? Well, they want to meet with me. They're afraid to miss the opportunity or something. And so they go into self-betrayal. Uh, okay, I guess that'll work. That's not a fuck yes, Chris. That's great. No, I want to hear hell yes. Otherwise, it compromises the relationship. 
it compromises the relationship with us and it also compromises your relationship with you. Yeah. I've said this many times. In my experience, nothing good comes from self-betrayal. You engage with the client that you didn't want to. You sleep with the person that you really don't didn't want to. You wake up the next morning going, oh, fuck. I should not have done that. And what, or you're mad at the other person for it or whatever, right? So easy to see when we look at it through the lens of sex and romance. Yeah. But relationships are relationships. Energy dynamics are energy dynamics. It's not about the situation. It's about the energetic patterns. And so you have a beautiful opportunity here. And I love the way you're already reframing this. I have a bigger thing here than just me. I have a team. I have an organization. I have a mission. I have a whole goal of building this out and and practicing the habits of self-betrayal do not align with success for the organization, for the team, for your self-respect, for all the things, right? And so if you go back, that's another huge thing that has come out of that accident because I, I, I have always struggled with saying no. Can you imagine if I said you got into that car accident because your soul loves you? <laughs> it sounds insane, right? Yeah. But yeah. when we start looking at it through like the kind of this abstract cosmic framework, your, your soul said, I'm not going to let you do what you're doing to you anymore. I'm going to physically prevent you from doing it because I love you so much. And there is so much more open to you by doing less and being more attentive and really taking care of yourself. Sounds yeah. kind of bananas. And like I said, it, you know, people can agree with me, disagree with me, whatever, but it's all about what is the life and the experience or the business or the relationship or the whatever that it, you want. And well, and, I, and, it's, and I'm, I'm sure that my soul tried many times before to get my attention. So let's talk about that. I, that's a fantastic insight on your part because here's the way it works. First, call it spirit, soul, God, universe, source, whatever name you want to call the energy, right? Um, consciousness, whatever. It gives you what I'll call a whisper, right? Or maybe just a wind. There's just a breeze. And then if you don't hear or notice the breeze, it gives you a whisper. And then if you don't hear or notice the whisper, it gives you a nudge. And if you don't notice the nudge, it gives you a push. If you don't notice the push, it gives you a shove. If you don't notice the shove, it screams in your face. If you don't notice it screaming for your face, it punches you in the mouth. Yeah. And that's the car at the red light. Yeah. That's the way the universe works. So this is why consciousness, presence, full responsibility are so important in this kind of work and so important in getting what you want, having the, the whatever you want, business, relationship, having the experience on this planet that you want, you got to pay attention to the whispers because they tell you every day. So talk about how do you hear those whispers? Presence is a big one. Um, getting your mind out of the way because mm -hmm. so often we will override the whisper because it doesn't make sense to the brain or we tell ourselves we don't have time or, but we have all this other shit to do and whatever. The whisper doesn't give a shit about what you think you need to do because the whisper comes from a bigger thing. The ego talks about what it has to do and what it like, that's, you know, the ego is very small here. And so you're getting the hints. I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you, trying to tell you, trying to tell you. And if you don't wake up and pay attention, I'm going to run a car into you. And, and I think for so many of us, myself included, you look, we're looking at our phones. We've got emails to answer. We've got all these things coming at us. Got to feed the dog, got to 
get exercise and I have all these other fun things I want to do. And so, yeah, that silent time for silence. Mm -hmm. Like you if know, you're but, present, you'll know when you're stepping out of line. Yeah. You just will. And it's typically when you override things that you should not be overriding. We see this a lot at status flow with uh, particularly with our female clients, because so many women in, in my experience have this ridiculous belief of the things they should be able to do. They should be able to work 60, 70 hours a week and deal with the kids and their mom and the car and the husband and the house. Of course, I should be able to do all that. Are you fucking and, nuts? And have a perfect house and look and, perfect. Right, and have everything be perfect and never make a mistake. Of course, you. I should be able to power through. I should also have 104 fever while I'm doing all of that. I, I should be able to, or I have to because... No, this is a massive override of what you fucking know you should not do, can't do. Like your system has tolerances. You're a human system and that system has tolerances. You can't live below a certain temperature or above a certain temperature. You cannot work a certain amount of hours. It just, there are, and there are variances person to person, team to team, yeah. business to business, what those tolerances are. But this idea that I should be able to power through all this nonsense is overriding. And this is where you're, you're going to crash every fucking time. Sooner or later, it's coming. It's not a question of if, it's when. You're going to crash or, or have someone crash or into someone will crash into you. But this, this will get regulated. I promise <laughs> you're going to call me with a 104 degree fever. You're going to say that, you know, something else is going on. There, there will be something in your life that will derail you and force you off the hamster wheel. Maybe your mom gets sick. And now you got to stop everything and do that. Maybe, right? Maybe your kid is, is in a shit ton of trouble at school. And now you got to deal with all that. And everything has to come to a grinding halt. I promise you, when your soul gets tired of your shit, it'll change some things. Yeah. So it's so important to pay attention and to make those self-honoring choices and to hold those boundaries that you feel are truth. And, and I'll speak about truth for a second. My, my teacher said it really beautifully. Um, you know, Perry, she's fantastic. And she said, there's a difference between my truth and the truth. My truth is your ego. And that has to do with your preferences, right? What you like and what you don't like, what you want or what you don't want. But the truth, that is a frequency that resonates in your entire being. Like when, when my relationship came apart not too long ago, very recently, no, my ego didn't want it. No, I didn't want it to come apart. Did I know it was correct and the true thing? Absolutely. It was not my preference. It was not what I wanted. And I did everything, kicking and screaming, fighting to keep that thing together. And the truth was it had to come apart. Not fun. No. It's not fun. No. But I tell you, here's what's worse. The longer you go, trying to hold on to what is not true, the harder it is on you when it comes apart and it will. I mean, if it doesn't yeah. come apart, you're just going to be in a miserable life. I mean, you, I guess you can go on like that indefinitely. Well, you know, and I, I think it was a good five to six months after the accident before the doctor really got my attention and said, you have to stop. You, you can't keep doing this. You are hurting your brain. And six months six months because I, so, cause I had the accident was diagnosed 
a couple of weeks later, took time to get into the neurologist, mm. the, the real patterns of memory loss and it starts showing up. Like I, I was able to explain away, well, I'm just stressed. I'm just busy. I, so I kept making excuses. Well, I ate something I shouldn't have. That's why I have a headache. And it wasn't until I was, I had exhausted every other option that I realized, no, this is still from the accident. And it was the doctor saying, you, you should have stopped back in January. We're now in May. Right. You have to take a break. I don't remember where I was going with that, but you know, it's, you can explain. I was able to explain away a lot to try to keep things going. Like I wanted yeah. them to do and it doesn't work. And your body does tell no, you, you, you will find all kinds of ways to override truth. Yeah. You will find all kinds of ways to override your system because you're smart and your body will tolerate it for quite some time until it won't anymore. Yeah. And, you know, again, call it your soul or whatever. Consciousness will tolerate it until it won't anymore. Well, and that's, you know, I, if I hadn't stopped how I was operating, if I hadn't really gotten serious about meditation, about being present, about slowing down, about controlling my calendar, I wouldn't be able to work. Okay. So let's look at this period at all. So let's take this and, and do something really powerful with it. Because the lesson here is quite simple. One of the lessons, one of the many lessons here is quite simple. I will not override truth. I will not override truth. Right. And again, not my truth. Yeah. The truth. The truth. I will not override truth. I won't override the truth. I'm not feeling it yet. Oh, I am. Are you? Okay. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong. All right. If you're I, like, well, and because there's a word missing there for me. Okay. Um, what's the word? Miss? What's missing? Yeah. Um, I will honor the truth. There you go. I like framing the affirmative too. I am committed and to it, the truth. And, and it's something I, I want a my in there. I want to own it more than just no, because remember my truth, my right. truth is going to get you in the rabbit hole of preferences and like, and yeah. dislike. No, it's if I, if I were to commit to the truth, if I were to commit to truth, right. I would have known my relationship had to come apart a while ago. She knew it. She knew it. I didn't want to know it. Even though I knew it, I didn't want to know it. She wanted to know it and couldn't let go. So I will honor the one and only truth. That's what, that's what was missing. Okay. There's only one truth. Right. And, and truth, you know, as my teacher says, it's a frequency. Just like the, the, the chord on a guitar string, right? It just is. It's, it's not debatable, right? And, it, and it's a resonant in your, in your energetic field, in your body, in your being. You'll feel it. I cannot tell you how many women have told me, I know my husband or partner or whatever is cheating on me. They have no evidence, but they know it. And of course, when they're ready to find, when their ego is ready to know it, they find out instantly, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how it went for me. 
I knew it. I knew it for six months. This is my first marriage many, many you know decades ago now. Um, I knew it for six months until I was finally ready to know it. And then I caught him like that day. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready now. Boom, done. So that's your work is to, to give yourself permission to know it without the promise of doing anything with it. That's the first step. A lot of people will override their truth because they think as soon as I know it, I have to do something. So you can create a safe container by saying, you know what? I'm I'm going to commit to not doing anything with truth. Yeah. You know, I'm going to commit to not doing anything with it. I choose to know it. And in that container of not having to do anything, because you might, you might absolutely know I need to leave my husband. I need to quit my job. I need to move. I need whatever it is, but your ego might not be ready. And so it will block you mm-hmm. from knowing. So if mm-hmm. you open up the say, I give myself permission to know without do, you'll get the knowing. Cool. And then when you're ready, the doing, whatever doing needs to be done can happen when, when you're ready for you, you recognize the responsibility to your organization, your responsibility to your relationship with your client, how you're training them to not violate you, right. To respect your boundaries because you respect your boundaries. You know, people will treat you how you treat you. So, but there's a, there's a whole lot to unpack in here. And I think, you know, I know you get this stuff. So, um, so it's a question of practice. And when you hear that voice that says, I should be able to no. speak straight to that voice. No, no, I shouldn't. That's yeah. a violation. No, what you're saying is a violation. What I'm saying is truth, right? And yeah. practice that. You practice this long enough because of the way the neurotransmitters fire, it'll just become your automated way of being. It'll happen very quickly for you, actually. Because we, oh. we moved a lot of energy off yeah. offline. And so yeah. th- this will happen very quickly for you. And I think what's what's fascinating and thank God it works this way with rewiring, I can rewire my brain. Yeah, absolutely. You have no idea the power we have. Yeah. Everything is energy, including your thoughts. You know, the table that you're sitting at, the bookshelf that I can see to the side there, that's, that's not matter. It's compressed energy, mm. all of it. So your thoughts, your feelings, everything is energy. And that is what, everything is made of. Thank you. That was fantastic work. And thank you for going there with me. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, everything has been taken care of to, yeah. re- re- to protect the innocent and all that. So, um, check in with me in maybe two, three days. Let me okay. know how you're doing. When we move that kind of energy, sometimes it takes a couple of days for the dust to settle. So if you need anything, make sure you reach out, shoot me an email, give me a call, whatever you need. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jamie, thank you so much. If you would like to be on the Status Flow podcast and disentangle whatever is jamming you up, stopping you from success, or preventing you from launching into the stratosphere, go to statusflow.net and apply. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Yeah.